Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I want to continue our series looking at our foundation. This is part five, and this is going to be focusing on God and heaven, putting our trust in God. Now, this is studying the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus. We've looked at the Beatitudes and being salt and light in this world that we should not conform to this world, but stand out as followers of Christ. We looked at Jesus' teaching about our hearts and how we should care for others and that we should even love our enemies. Now, last time we looked at doing good deeds to please God and not men, and we looked at the Lord's Prayer He gave as an example to us, and that we must forgive others as God forgives us. Now, Jesus is making a subtle shift to draw our focus from the things of this life to the things of heaven. In other words, he's saying that we should live this life with God and heaven in mind, and our focus should not be on the things of this world, which are temporary and fleeting, but we should be pleasing to God. Remember that Jesus is teaching us to change our hearts and to follow him from our heart and to trust in God. This is the next layer of that foundation that Jesus is telling us to build our lives upon. So we'll look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. We may not fast a lot today as a common practice, though it is a good practice, fasting. It teaches us discipline, self-control, and patience. It helps us to appreciate what we have. You know, when when you're missing something, when you don't have it, and then you have it, you appreciate it more. But whatever sacrifice we make or effort we make for God to draw closer to the Lord, to discipline ourselves for God, We should not make a show of it. It should be a sincere, heartfelt thing we do. Sometimes some things we do are going to be seen, going to be obvious if you help someone sometimes, but it's not something we need to make a show of or try to draw attention to ourselves for. The Pharisees were doing this good thing with the wrong attitude. They wanted to show themselves superior to others, and they wanted the praise of men. Again, just like in other things we've talked about previously, the Pharisees were looking for the praise of the people around them. But when we make these sacrifices like fasting or taking time to study God's Word or doing good deeds to help someone or give to the poor, our focus should be on pleasing God, drawing close to God, helping other people, not on drawing attention to ourselves. And again, Jesus says, God sees us and blesses us. We do not need the praise of men. 
our focus should be on God and on heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus stresses to us the importance of treasure in heaven. We should desire God's love and blessings more than earthly things. Our hearts should be yearning for the things of God, wanting to share His love with others. So what is the earthly treasure? It is extra or surplus wealth and food and clothing and resources. It's all those things that people just pack away and stack up and pack up and hold on to. You know, back in Jesus' day, the wealthy would store up their grain and their clothing and various different items. They would store them like they would have storehouses or silos of grain and that kind of thing. Well, the cloth would become moth-eaten. The grain would be eaten by rodents and being infested by other such creatures. Maybe worms would get into it. Metal items would rust due to neglect and not being used. So these things were essentially going to waste because they were extra. They were more than that person could use, maybe more than their entire family could use. And Jesus, he taught a parable on this. In Luke chapter 12, verses 15 through 21, and this is Jesus speaking, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Now, this word for covetousness here has to do with selfish greed, okay? It has to do with selfish greed where you're just hoarding up stuff for yourself. So he says, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool! This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And he's talking about what you have stored up, what you have kept up. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So this man was storing up his excess, his surplus, And saying, oh, I can just be super comfortable. I don't have to worry or do anything. And what he should have been doing with that was sharing that, right? So what are people to do with all this excess, all this surplus that God has blessed them with, just like with this man? Simply put, we should be sharing that with those in need. This has been a theme throughout the Bible, even in the Old Testament, in the law 
that we should be sharing with those in need and helping the poor in our country. That's it's an obvious thing that God has been teaching and telling them down through the centuries. And so, for that reason, he's been teaching and telling us that. So, in the parable of the sheep and goats, in Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to shorten this down, Jesus says, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, notice, this kingdom God has prepared from the foundation of the world for us. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. But then these righteous people, they they ask, When did we do these things for you, Lord? And Jesus replied, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now the word here for brethren is the Greek word for brothers or brother. In this case, it's plural, so it's brothers. However, it's not meant to be taken literally that it's only his brother. It is a figure of speech where he means our fellow men and women, our fellow people, our fellow human beings, we are all created by God, and He is the Father of us all. So we are all brethren. We're all neighbors to one another. So He's including the poor, the needing food and drink and clothing, the stranger, simply someone you don't know that has a need that is maybe needing a place to stay or, you know, some other need. The sick, He includes the sick and even the prisoner. Even the prisoner, he includes them. So rather than hoarding our blessings from God and and keeping them to ourselves selfishly, we should be sharing and helping those in need. This is how we lay up treasure in heaven. God blesses us for those good deeds, even in this life. His blessings of eternal life and joy and contentment and peace of mind these things can't be taken from us. They are they are a much more valuable treasure. But earthly treasure, material goods and wealth, they're easily gone. Even the praise of men, the glory of prestige and fame can easily evaporate. These things come and go and it's very whimsical. You just you just can't put your trust and faith in those things. You can't rely on those things. But God's blessings are forever. So we should focus our heart on pleasing God and helping others in need. Then, in the next couple of verses, Jesus says this to encourage us further to look to God and heavenly things. Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And we want to realize that the world is already in darkness, the world around us. And so if we have darkness within us, then we are in very much great darkness.
But in these verses, when Jesus says the eye's good, it means healthy and clear. In other words, we're seeing clearly the good things of this life and of God. We're taking in and paying attention to those good things, focusing on the Word of God and doing good for the Lord. Then you will be full of His love and His light. But if the eye is bad, that means unhealthy and murky, that we are not seeing clearly, that we are confused and we're focusing on the wrong things, doing the wrong selfish things, and these things fill us with evil, with darkness. And this actually directly affects our hearts. Our heart can be filled with God's light or with Satan's darkness. We want to focus on the Lord and bring His light into our heart and our souls. Next, Jesus reminds us there are no shades of gray. We are either with God and the light or Satan and darkness. You live eternal life for God or you chase these temporary pleasures in this short fleeting life here. And this is down in verse 24, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now I think we're all familiar with this. We can't serve the Lord and wealth. Mammon means wealth in money and in possessions. It can be land, all these earthly things. Instead, we should be focusing on serving God and helping others. Now, Jesus tells us what is important, what we should be chasing after in this life, and how to have peace and contentment. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And Jesus starts this verse with therefore, meaning because of what I said before, because we should be focusing on God and heavenly things, do not worry about the mundane day-to-day things. They are just a tiny part of our life and are not that important. Verse 26, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? God will supply our needs, our daily bread, as Jesus taught us to pray for. Verse 27, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Now, some translations will say, which of you, by worrying, can add one hour to his life? Because the Greek words have, can have both meanings. Now, regardless of which meaning you look at it, whether you can change your height or whether you can add length to your life, we cannot do either of these things by worrying, by being anxious. Matter of fact, we know that being anxious and worrying can have a negative impact on your life and make things harder for you. Now, 
the word used here for worry or worrying, it means to be overly anxious in a disturbing and distracted way so that it is preventing us from normal good activity and thought. You know, it's, 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 it's in your mind, you're anxious and you, you're not thinking clearly. And we know that a lot of anxiety can actually be destructive and bad for our mental health and emotional health and even our physical health. So he's warning us to not let worry or anxiety overpower us. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Jesus encourages us to trust in our God. God loves and cherishes us above all his creation. He will provide for us. Looking at the next verses, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now, Jesus is repeating this. He mentioned this right before the example prayer. God, our Father, He's our heavenly Father. He knows what we need. Certainly, we should pray and ask for our daily needs. That is, that's right and that's proper. But then, we should trust God. He cares for us and He will supply those things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If we seek God, His wisdom, and His love, then all these earthly things will be added to us because God will guide us into the good things in this life. Remember, the Lord is our shepherd, the good shepherd. He will lead us to the good pasture, to the good part of life. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And here he's encouraging us to live life one day at a time. Trust God each day because God will take care of us. And this doesn't mean that you can't have some savings or have some plans for retirement. Certainly you, sh you can do those things. You should do those things and look after your family. But do not be overly anxious about these things. God will supply our needs. Now, to go with this part of the Sermon on the Mount in closing, I just want us to look at something that Paul wrote that is very similar and helpful to us in entrusting the Lord and receiving His peace. If we look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This reminds us of our salvation in the Lord and that we should Rejoice and be happy for what He has given to us, this eternal life that He's given to us. Verse 5, Let your gentleness be known to all men, 
the Lord is at hand. Be gracious to others and realize the Lord is always near. He is always with us, and this should encourage us to do good. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we are grateful and give God thanks for what He has done, it keeps us in the right frame of mind. It helps us to focus on the good things in our life. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate, study, think on these good things in life. Study God's Word and use those lessons in our lives. And this will bring us that peace and that joy in our life and and our trust in God. So I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.